Welcome to the Weekly Transit, an astrology podcast exploring the astral forecast each week, detailing how the planets and stars are influencing life on Earth and how you can best work with the energy. We explore themes through the influence of Western astrology and Jungian psychology for the purpose of self-understanding, healing, and transformation. I'm Gabriella Durso. And I'm Scott Tajarian. And this week, we'll be looking at November 20th through mm-hmm. the 26th. And our theme for this week is uh, the energy of stelliums in Sagittarius and how to connect with your spiritual nature. Hmm. Awesome. Sounds fun. (laughs) (laughs) So we've been getting some questions about stelliums recently. Yes. And it's uh, great timing because we have some stelliums happening the week of November 20th. So for those who might not be familiar, can you remind us what a stellium is? A stellium is when there are three or more planets in the same sign or house. So there is a Sagittarius stellium that is beginning on November 24th and will last for eight eight days. We just finished a Scorpio stellium, which was 17 days. Mm-hmm. which involved the same three planets that will be involved in the Sagittarius stellium. Mm-hmm. So these stelliums are really, would you call them a concentration of a particular energy? Yes, I think of it as like a going back to the analogy that I like to use with astrology being like music or a symphony. Mm-hmm. You have three planets in the same sign. It's like having three instruments play the same part of the song, like three instruments playing the melody. Mm. So it's really amplifying that same energetic frequency or that same message, that same lesson. Mm -hmm. You're just getting it kind of the volume turned up. Exactly. We are getting, we were getting hit over the head with the Scorpio energy for 17 days Mm. with the Scorpio stellium. And now it's happening for eight days with the Sagittarius stellium. And then it's going to come back later end of this year, early next year for another six days with the Sagittarius stellium. So Okay. Getting lots of that Sagittarius energy. It's uh, 14 days of the stellium, but it's broken up into two parts. And we're talking about the first part here. Okay. So because the second part's going to be different instruments getting Uh, involved. Yes. So. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So the stellium in Sagittarius, one of the purposes of the Sagittarius energy is to help us connect with our spiritual nature. Yes. Well, when you think about Sagittarius, let's break it down to the basics. Mm -hmm. Sagittarius is mutable fire. Mutable is adaptable, changeable, go with the flow. Fire Mm -hmm. is expressive. Fire can warm a room on a cold winter's night or it can burn down the house. It's all how you're working with the energy. Mm -hmm. The planetary ruler of Sagittarius is Jupiter. Jupiter is a cross of matter with a crescent of receptivity pointed out, Mm -hmm. symbolizing the possibilities that exist beyond your present reality. Jupiter is the god of thunder. Lord of Justice, the planet of luck and expansion. And the symbol for Sagittarius is the archer. When I think of the archer, I think of Katniss Everdeen, Robin Hood, freedom-loving individuals that don't want anyone to tell them where to go, how to think, what to do, what to say. They know the difference between right or wrong. 
and they want the freedom to explore far and wide so they can expand their minds and deepen their philosophical view. Mm. So where does spirituality fit into all of that? Hmm. Well, the image of the archer stands out to me and the the way you describe the symbol of Jupiter mm-hmm. as kind of reaching up. Like al- when you look at it almost that, has an arch like quality to it as well. I look at it, it looks to me when I see that symbol of Jupiter, I think of like standing on the edge of a cliff hmm. and like bungee jump jumping off the edge. Like that's what that loop kind of looks like to me it's like taking a leap of faith mm-hmm. um, it also reminds me of sort of a hook hmm. like you're hooking or grabbing you're pulling something scooping out some sort of knowledge or information and trying ah, to bring it back okay to yeah. use for yourself right Yes, like you're pulling a book off the shelf Mm -hmm. to learn something new. To learn something new. Mm -hmm. Or a scroll off the shelf. Mm -hmm. Yes, in the monastery. (laughs) I mean, that's Sagittarius is about religion and spirituality because Mm -hmm. spirituality is about setting yourself free. Mm -hmm. It's like, what do the the Christians say? It's like... uh, you know, born again, it's like, you know, you're free, you're free of sin. There's no more burdens. That's, that's mm-hmm. what like spirituality is. When you have connected to a higher power and you realize your place, that, that you belong here, mm-hmm. that you have purpose, that all that has come before you, all that you've done was for a reason that led you to this moment right now of clarity, of understanding, of acknowledgement that you are connected to a higher source, a higher power. Mm-hmm. And from that energy, you feel free. The Sagittarius is the, the sign of truth mm-hmm. and honesty. And, and that phrase, the truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. So if you're speaking your truth, if you are being honest then you're being ethical. Ethics is connected to morality. Morality is connected to the higher power. Mm -hmm. Doing unto others as you would have them do unto you, it brings a sense of freedom. It does. And for me, this, for me, spirituality also brings me freedom, knowing that I'm not in charge of everything. Mm. (laughs) Like to me, I don't know if anyone else relates to that, but I feel relief when Mm -hmm. I, when I feel into my higher power and whatever that is for me might vary depending on, you know, my life circumstances or what's coming up for me. Sometimes my higher power is just nature. Mm. It's just, is the cosmos itself. So part of what I love about the freedom of spirituality in general is that it can be anything that helps you feel free. Mm. Yes. It's not, it's not, limiting mm-hmm. spirituality is more than one thing or one idea totally it's limitless it's spirituality limitless. that's why it's it's sagittarius doesn't rule a religion it ru- rules all religions any religion mm-hmm. is about sagittarius because sagittarius is about spirituality and freedom and connecting to a higher power when you think of the archer robin hood who's robin hood's best friend <laughs> Friar Tuck. Friar Tuck, okay. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, his best friend is like a religious 
person, Friar Tuck.、Mm. So, when you talk about nature, what is Robin Hood and Katniss Everdeen doing? They're walking through the forest.、Mm-hmm. They're in nature. They're in nature. Well, and it's ironic because so many conflicts that we've experienced in human life have been around a disagreement of religion,、mm. and so it's beautiful to me to. Bring this back to that Sagittarius energy, which is really about the freedom to believe whatever it is you want to believe. This is—it's not a competition, exactly, and, and it doesn't need to be a fight. And well, that's the shadow side of Sagittarius. The、mm-hmm. shadow side of Sagittarius is, I know what's right. It's what I say is right,、mm. and what you say is right is wrong. Whereas the light side of Sagittarius is, we all have our own philosophical view, and one is not worse than the other, or better than the other, or one's not right and the other's wrong. That's not how true philosophy works. It's where we can have a discourse, a conversation, and you can speak your truth, and I can listen, and I can speak my truth, and you can listen, and we might. And the conversation in total disagreement with one another, but still respect for each other because we understand that your truth comes from a tr- place that is true within you,、mm-hmm. and my truth comes from a place that's true within me. But if we're on the shadow side, then I'm saying that your religion is wrong, my religion is right.、Mm-hmm. That's narrow-minded. It's closed-minded. It's not representative of that Sagittarius energy at all. Yes, it's not freedom. It's not freedom. It's not exploration.、Mm-hmm. So there's also this aspect of Sagittarius energy and spirituality that's about releasing the material, because when you're when you're in that mode of exploring, you're in search for freedom. You're on the move. You know, Sagittarius is associated with travel, travel. especially international travel.、Mm-hmm. Like really、yeah. seeing the world connecting, from a new、yes. perspective, connecting to a foreign culture.、Connecting、like when to, you、yeah. live in a foreign culture, and even if you're somebody who lives in the United States, and maybe you, you know, you grew up in New York City, and now you're living in Omaha, Nebraska. You know, it's it's a different culture. They、Absolutely. might speak the same language, but even the English is different in、mm-hmm. New York City than it is in Omaha, Nebraska. So, so it's about really getting in touch with a new culture,、mm-hmm. a、so、new language. Yeah, there's a part of that where you have to release the material. Well, I think of the, the Bohemian, that Bohemian, the Bohemian lifestyle of like, like I, I brought up. Burning Man, you know,、mm. where Burning Man is like this one week or ten day adventure that people go on, and、mm-hmm. they leave all of their major possessions behind. They're just taking whatever they need, like whatever food and supplies and clothing they need to survive the week.、Mm-hmm. But there's no money exchanged. It's just about doing what's right. Well, and it's the exchange is. Of ideas, values, ethical, moral kind of ways of being and、mm-hmm. living. Yes, I guess that's the exchange over the over the material financial exchange. Right. 
that's prioritized. Mm -hmm. The sun will be in Sagittarius from November 22nd to December 21st. Then there is Mercury, the messenger of the gods, guide of souls to the underworld, the planet of consciousness, communication, coordination. Mercury has been transiting through Sagittarius since November 10th and is there until December 1st when the stellium ends as Mercury transits out of Sagittarius and into Capricorn. The third planet is Mars, the god of war, the planet of action, aggression, and conflict, which transits into Sagittarius two days after the sun. Continuing with that conjunction, the sun and Mars have been riding together within two degrees since November 10th. Mars joins the sun in Sagittarius on November 24th. That's when the stellium begins. Because on the 24th, you'll have the sun, the planet of light, life, and vitality. Mercury, the planet of communication. Mars, the planet of action, all transiting through Sagittarius. So this is the sun is bringing light, life, and vitality to the energy of Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. Mercury is bringing that mental awareness and that ability to communicate your truth, to speak your truth. And then Mars is bringing that that go energy mm -hmm. that like really it's stoking the fire that is already burning because of the sun. Mm -hmm. It's igniting it even further. It's like pouring gasoline on the fire. Right. So, so whatever is coming up for you this week is, is illuminated by the sun. So your identity, how you're identifying how you're identifying with freedom, how you're identifying with your spiritual values, how you want to explore, what kind of adventures you're seeking is aligning with your mind, Mercury. So there's mm -hmm. a seamless way that you're able to communicate mm -hmm. your thoughts, feelings, your needs. Um, and then it's aligning with Mars, which is allowing you to actually put those into action, it. to actually do it. Yes. So it's a real gift. Anytime, yes. anytime, you're aligning thought with action. I think especially like the Mars Mercury piece mm -hmm. is a gift because they're, they're on the same page. So there, there aren't going to be any, there shouldn't be any obstacles. Of course it depends on, you know, the particulars of your chart, but mm -hmm. the, the kind of the collective energy is supporting that really seamless thought into action kind of energy. Mm -hmm. So before we jump into the highlights for the week, we wanted to share a celebrity example of someone who has a Sagittarius stellium mm. and, and several stelliums actually. Yes. And really wanted to highlight for you, Scott, and for those who might not know, Scott is like an incredible researcher into celebrities, public figures, anyone who has a public birth record. He's just a well of knowledge about their charts. And that's really how you taught yourself astrology, mm -hmm. right? It was just through learning firsthand from all of the thousands of public figures. So we'll start bringing in maybe some of those examples into the podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, for those of you who like to follow celebrities or public figures, it helps give an example, you know, that you can recognize outside of yourself of kind of what that energy looks like. Mm -hmm. So today we're going to be talking about Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish, yes, mm -hmm. yes. 
And we watched, actually, it was my first time experiencing one of her videos. Gabriella didn't know who she was. <laughs> I didn't really know so who she was. She only has a video on YouTube that has 1.2 billion views. Gabriella <laughs> finally joined uh, one of the 1.2 billion in watching yes. uh, <laughs> Billy Eilish's <laughs> video, Bad Guy. Yes. It was really entertaining. Oh, you enjoyed it? Was. it? Yeah. I mean, not quite my style of music, but <laughs> No. But I really appreciated it and okay. appreciated What did you appreciate about it? Appreciated her her individuality uh -huh. for sure. I uh -huh. mean, there are parts of it if anyone's seen the video, you know, that are quite odd. Very odd. Very odd. Yeah. But, but that's that is reflective of one of her stelliums. Billie Eilish was born with three stelliums. One's a Sagittarius stellium. She also has an Aquarius stellium and then a 12th house stellium. Mm. So the Sagittarius stellium is the sun, Venus, and Pluto. Those are the three planets in Sagittarius and Billie Eilish's astrological code. The sun, her identity, Venus, the senses and relationships, and Pluto, the planet of transformation, the most willful planet. So being born with the sun, Venus, and Pluto all in Sagittarius, this is why Billie Eilish, she is... I mean, at least she strikes me as a real freedom lover. You know, she's she, she is somebody who speaks her truth, uh, who doesn't shy away from saying whatever it is she needs to say or expressing mm -hmm. herself however she wants to express herself that feels good to her. Mm -hmm. You know, when you think about somebody that young, when she was like 16 or 17 years old, when she had her first hit. That's incredible. She, these Sagittarius people are like an open channel and they're really connecting to a higher power mm -hmm. that is speaking through them. And so it's like they have that sort of voice in their head that is saying, say this, or this is what I need to do or whatever it is. And they're listening to that voice mm -hmm. within that is guiding them. And so remembering that when planets move through a sign, like later this week, when the sun moves into Sagittarius, it's going to give all of us an opportunity to, to open that channel, mm. to be connected to that inner voice that is guiding us in whatever direction we need to go. And you'll know you're going in the right direction if you feel free. Yes. And it's like the first thing that Billie Eilish does in that video, Bad, is she puts her foot through like this, this she, she kicks her way through a, a wall, wall yeah in order to start the song yes exactly yeah which is like sort of saying stop restricting me i'm uh -huh. breaking out of mm -hmm. i've been trapped back here but now i'm pushing through and i'm coming out yes i'm gonna be free now to, to me, that sort of speaks to her Sagittarius stellium and the Aquarius energy. Yes, she also has a stellium in Aquarius, which is the moon, the planet of emotions, Uranus, the planet of revolution, and Neptune, the planet of dreams mm. and compassion and intuition. 
So Uranus is the planetary ruler of Aquarius. So Uranus is in a position of power in her chart because it's in the sign that it rules, Aquarius. The moon's in Aquarius. Aquarius is the fixed air sign ruled by Uranus and Saturn and is symbolized by the water bearer. So this is the sign of innovation because the water bear innovated and invented the jug, mm-hmm. figured out how to bring water from the stream to the village. Aquarius is the innovative sign. It's the sign of independence because creating that jug created greater independence. It freed up time. Saturn is the god of wealth and time. Also the planetary ruler of Aquarius, it freed up time so that the people of the village had more time to do whatever they wanted to do. They didn't have to spend all day going down to the stream, drinking water, bathing like an animal. Mm -hmm. They had a few people bringing up the water to them so they didn't have to do that themselves. The Aquarius energy helps us evolve. Essentially. Yes, it, it, it's, it's a progressive sign. It's the sign that progresses us into a future where we can be more independent. Mm-hmm. So a great example of this Aquarius energy in the video. What'd you see? Well, really just how eccentric mm, it is. And that's a good word. There are so many pieces and parts and I guess characters that she's playing. Totally. And a lot of them were sort of identified differently by color, I noticed. So one where she's in a blue room and she has blue hair and then there's sort of the yellow story and then she's, you know, the colors change and sort of, it's like she's embodying all of these different parts of herself with sort of equal, equal sort of, I guess, freedom, equal access to these different eccentricities in her personality. Aquarius is a part of the group. There's all these other random interesting characters yeah in the video that that's the eccentric part that i saw i mean yes she's wearing kind of eccentric clothes and bright colors and and that can be very aquarius but uh it's it's the other people in the video like like the the line of men that are all that all have like a beer belly and they're they're (laughs) moving their gut based on the beat yeah. You know, that to me is very Aquarius. It's very uh, eccentric. It's different. The it's video. different. The third stellium that she has is a 12th house stellium, which the moon, her moon, her Mars, and her Uranus. So the planet of emotions, Mars, the planet of action, Uranus, the planet of rebellion, they're all in the 12th house. And this shows up in Billie Eilish, in that the 12th house is associated with the 12th sign, which is Pisces. This is the house of the unconscious. I view Pisces is one of the signs that rules music because music draws you into the unconscious, into the dream world. And even like watching this video, listening to the song, you're drawn into Billie Eilish's eccentric world. So this shows where she gets a lot of her creativity and musical talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll circle back for questions about stelliums. But for now, let's move on to some of the highlights for the week. Okay. Sound good? Cool. Okay. So last week we talked about there being 
I think it was four steps, right around the about around the different planets that the sun was connecting to. Well, it was the sun and Mars? So, mm -hmm. the, like we've we've been talking about since last week, this conjunction with the sun and Mars, which have been conjunct with each other since November tenth. Conjunct meaning they're at the same degree or near to the same degree in the same sign, and it began. November 10th and lasts until November 27th, which is an extremely long time for the sun and Mars to be uh, in this close contact with each other. It's something that happens only every couple of years because it takes Mars two years to catch up to the sun or for mm -hmm. the sun to realign with Mars or catch up to Mars. It's the sun is like lapping Mars again. Mm -hmm. So it began, the steps that we were talking about, there are four outer planets that are aligning at various stages through this November 10th to the 27th that are aligning with the sun conjunct Mars in Scorpio. And again, Scorpio is the fixed water sign symbolized by the scorpion and ruled by Mars and Pluto. The sun and Mars from November 10th to the 15th conjunct in Scorpio were opposing Uranus and Taurus. And Uranus, the planetary ruler of Aquarius, the planet of rebellion, in Taurus, another fixed sign, Taurus is the bull. It's rattling the bull. It's shaking up the foundation of our sense of security and values. Mm -hmm. And the opposition to the sun and Mars in Scorpio was rattling or shaking up our karmic bonds and our intimate relationships and the values that we hold within those intimate relationships. Mm -hmm. That was from November 10th to the 15th. Then from November 15th to the 19th, the sun and Mars and Scorpio were forming a positive trine, a supportive aspect with Neptune retrograde in Pisces, the mm -hmm. sign that Neptune rules. So after the shakeup, the breakup, the, the rattling of the foundation of your self-worth and values in your karmic bonds, the alignment with Neptune is creating that healing. Mm -hmm. So we talked last week about there might be some sort of trauma that you've experienced or that that tension could really shake things up in, yes. a, in a way that, that does require deep healing. Mm-hmm. And deep introspection. And deep introspection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, tell us where we are now. This so week. this week from November 18th to the 22nd is when the sun and Mars and Scorpio are forming a sextile, which is another supportive aspect with Pluto, the god of death, lord of the underworld, the planetary ruler of Scorpio, along with Mars. Mm -hmm. Pluto's transiting through Capricorn. So this is creating an opportunity for you to, to transform the foundation of your intimate bonds. Mm -hmm. Start fresh after the shakeup, the breakup, the shattering of the foundation. Now is your opportunity to rebuild and rebuild from a place of accountability, mm -hmm. responsibility for your part. This to me feels like a really special aspect because not only does Pluto rule 
Scorpio along with Mars. Mars is transiting through Scorpio in the sign that it rules. Pluto's transiting through Capricorn. Mars is exalted in Capricorn. Mm -hmm. So Pluto's transiting through a sign where Mars has strength. And Mars is transiting through a sign where not only does Mars have strength there, but so does Pluto. So it's creating this sort of magical reshifting. It's like, how do you want to transform your energy that you're exchanging within your relationship so that both sides, both sides of the relationship are holding themselves to the highest standard? Mm -hmm. I think this is also the Pluto and Capricorn is... It, there's it brings that energy brings empowerment yes because you're empowering yourself yes. to be an authority yes of your circumstances yes and that can be really difficult to do when you've experienced a trauma depending mm. on what that is you know often we and we all need help sometimes of course you know whatever form of self-care is supportive for you whether mm -hmm. it's therapy, whether it's working with an astrologer, plant, plant medicine, you know, going to experience breath work, whatever it is that is going to help you get the clarity on how you need to rebuild. But there's also this really important piece of coming back to yourself as the one who really has the authority to make those decisions. Yes. So that feels really important. There's a time and a place to ask for the answers outside of you. And there's a time and a place to know that you actually have the answers. And I think that's a really delicate balance to hold within yourself. And that's this time. And that's this time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that it's time to bring it back to yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and, and when you think about when this is happening... November 18th to the 22nd. On the 22nd is when the sun moves into Sagittarius. Mm. You can't be free unless you're taking responsibility for yourself. Mm -hmm. If you can't hold yourself accountable, then you can't be free because you're constantly always putting every single one of your problems or issues or whatever it is on someone else mm -hmm. or some other circumstance. Well, we also talked a couple of weeks ago about projections in relationships, and sometimes we need to just quick reminder for anyone who missed that when you're when you're projecting in relationships, you're taking a part of yourself that's difficult to see, and you're attributing those qualities to someone else, hmm. and those can be positive qualities that you're suppressing in yourself, or they can be, you know, quote negative qualities. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes we need to project as part of our healing process because it's the only way we can engage with that material hmm. but part of this energy is supporting us and actually taking back our projections when we can actually take back our projections and say no this is actually my part mm -hmm. or this actually belongs to me it doesn't belong to you mm -hmm. that's when that process of projecting can actually bring us healing hmm. It's not healing when you when you aren't able to ever take back the projections. Then you're in that state of really it's it's denial or it's um, there's a lack of awareness that's holding you there. So it's like oh, pretending that you actually didn't break your ankle and you're expected to just heal on its own without being reset. 
it, it is. But and I also just want to, yeah, I guess bring some compassion into this too because we know we all know that denial is a part of the grieving process as well. Mm. So I just want to honor that that the the denial piece or the piece about feeling frozen around like what is yours to fix Mm -hmm. is a normal part of dealing with trauma, managing the grief process. So all of that is normal and natural. Totally. But there comes a time. Maybe this is the stage where you're able to get past that denial and really look within yourself. And that's part of what last week, Mars and the sun aligning with Neptune Mm -hmm. is looking within yourself. That's where... That like you've said before, where it's that moment where the the seed is growing beneath the surface, but it finally breaks through the surface, mm-hmm. and you're able to see within your what, what what was once in your unconscious is, and now you're aware of it. Like, oh, maybe if I did this differently, mm-hmm. things wouldn't have been the way that they ended up being. And so Absolutely. now that I see that. I could have done things differently then. Now I have the opportunity to do things differently now, mm-hmm. which can create a different result moving forward. Absolutely. So our next uh, key transit for the week is the sun conjunct Mars in Sagittarius, mm-hmm. which is making a square to Saturn and Pisces. And this transit is between November 22nd and the 27th. Yes. November 22nd to the 27th is when this is going to be most strongly felt. Mm -hmm. Of course, Mars doesn't actually get to Sagittarius until November 24th. But uh, even before then, it's already going to be squaring Saturn, though it will still be in Scorpio. But... Building off that last aspect with the sun and Mars aligning with Pluto and the transformation, it's like, okay, I'm going to hold myself accountable, but then you actually have to do the work. And that's what Saturn's about. Mm. Saturn is about doing the work. It's the authority. It's going to make sure that you are doing what you say you are going to hold yourself accountable to. So the Saturn energy is really slowing us down. Even though we have this fire of Sagittarius that's Mm -hmm. really encouraging freedom, exploration, it's that outward oriented energy. Saturn is going to kind of like pulling on the reins or, you know, creating a restriction and slowing us down so that we can make a plan. So we can set goals for how to move forward. But there's a time and a place for restriction. Right now, the restriction is in the unconscious. Mm -hmm. It's pushing us to really do that inner work, to look deep within ourselves and say, do I have the faith that I need in order to be free? So, I mean, like, this is just a really interesting alignment to me because Jupiter is the planetary ruler of Sagittarius. We established that early on. Mm -hmm. It's also the planetary ruler of Pisces. Mm -hmm. Pisces and Sagittarius are both expansive spiritual signs. So Saturn transiting through Pisces, it's in an uncomfortable place. Mm -hmm. Because the planet of restriction is in an expansive sign. 
and then it's being aligned by two other planets in another expansive sign in a very tense way because Sagittarius is mutable fire. Pisces is mutable water. They're both mutable. It makes a strong connection, but fire boils water, water extinguishes fire. And so that creates tension. We are being told to be free, but in order to be free, in order to act free, in order to free the mind, we have to make peace with ourselves in the mind mm -hmm. because Saturn in Pisces is maybe bringing some of those seeds that were planted a long time ago, seeds of doubt, and mm -hmm. pushing them to the surface and saying, in order for you to be free, you got to deal with this crop mm -hmm. that you planted a long time ago that's now coming up in your mind because in order for you to actually see the reality that you want around you, it has to exist within the mind. And if there's too many seeds of doubt within the mind, too much fear, you're not going to have the freedom that you desire. So it's restricting our ability in some ways, restricting the dream, uh -huh. but it's also asking us to work on our dreams as well. Yeah. So slowing us down, asking us to take a look. I think of the Saturn energy almost as like asking you to make a checklist and it's sort of maybe doesn't make logical sense that you would make a checklist of your dreams per se, like you're somehow corralling them or organizing them or needing to work on how you want to even relate to your dreams, how you want to relate to your unconscious as a whole. I think the simplest way to think of Saturn and Pisces is that the work is learning to trust your intuition. Mm -hmm. And when you trust your intuition and you make a choice and then things don't work out the way that you'd hoped or imagined or dreamed about, mm -hmm. then you have to do the work to show yourself compassion mm -hmm. and to be empathetic to everyone else who was involved in the choice that your intuition led you to. And then most importantly, after doing the work to show yourself compassion and being empathetic to others who are involved is to most importantly, have faith that even though you trusted your intuition and things didn't work out the way that you had thought or hoped or dreamed of, it actually worked out exactly as it was supposed to, which is some way, somehow, maybe if you don't even understand it now, in your highest good. Right. We talked and we touched on this maybe two weeks ago around how disorienting it can be when, when you're in the middle of a transformation and it feels like you've maybe taken the wrong step or your intuition has brought you somewhere that's actually caused you pain. Hmm. And ultimately, ultimately you'll arrive to a point where you might have a different perspective on that process and on that particular decision. Hmm. So it's about trusting that what's in your highest good is not always going to be a pleasant experience right. it doesn't... In, in the moment. <laughs> right. In, in totality, it can give you perspective. There's, mm -hmm. there's always the potential for perspective with mm -hmm. suffering. Mm -hmm. But when you're in the suffering, it's hard to see it. Mm -hmm. So having faith that what is in your highest good 
is to experience the range of emotions, thoughts, behaviors, experiences. The metaphor that always reminds me of Sagittarius is Burning Man. Because mm. Burning Man is about burning the, the <clears throat> man. The, and what's the man? The man represents the authority. The authority, yeah. And so they're burning the man. Sagittarius is a fire sign. It's all about being a part of a, a unique culture. Mm -hmm. Everybody, like there's multiple cultures within like the vastness of the playa of Burning Man, mm -hmm. where there's all these different groups or camps or whatever they, they are mm -hmm. and, and there are different themes yep. and it's a whole different experience, each one. Mm -hmm. And so you go there, you, there's no money exchanged. It feels very freeing and symbiotic and spiritual and mm -hmm. we're all connected and everything is feeling so good. It's optimistic. It's optimistic, it's optimistic which is Jupiter. Yep. And what happened this year at Burning Man? Well, this year there was a lot of rain. It rained. Yeah. It and literally that rained me, on the fire. And it rained on the fire. And that to me is the metaphor of Saturn in Pisces squaring the sun and Mars in Sagittarius. Because mm -hmm. Pisces is a water sign. And it rains, it extinguishes the fire of Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. And so like I have, you know, I know some people that were at Burning Man this year and someone told me a story about how they were at their camp and had a couple friends at their camp from another camp. They got stranded at their camp because it started raining mm. And the message went out on the Burning Man radio that everybody should just stay where they are. Don't attempt to cross the playa and go from wherever you are back to your camp because you're probably going to end up causing more, a, a greater problem mm -hmm. for the people involved because you're going to get stuck in the mud mm -hmm. and you're going to need help to get out of the mud to get to wherever you need to go. So just stay where you are. Mm -hmm. But that created another problem where now people at this camp had more people at their camp than what was accounted for, for food. Mm. And certain people within the camp felt threatened by the people that were in the camp that weren't a part of that camp because they were afraid sure. that they were going to eat their quota of food. Right. And so it really sort of played into that what is right Sagittarius is the sign of ethics, of doing what is right. Mm -hmm. It's the sign of ethics and law and, and trust through truth. Mm -hmm. And there is no law without trust mm. because trust is doing what is right. And so... Yeah these people were met with a dilemma. Mm -hmm. Do we banish these people from the camp? Mm -hmm. Because we're afraid that we're going to starve if there's too many people here. Or do you just make do because that's the right thing to do? Mm -hmm. And eventually that's what they did, but it wasn't through without some conflict. Sure. People being upset because it's like, look, the whole ethos of Burning Man is to take care of one another. 
And these right. people are in need. They need our help. They're not going to go back to their camp in the monsoon. Mm -hmm. So we're going to take care of them. And everything's going to be fine. Well, this just goes to show how disruptive it is when the dream is exactly. interrupted. Exactly. When the fantasy, when the fantasy is, is, is evaporated yeah. and that optimism of everything, we're free and all this, it gets rained on. Then you're truly tested. Well, literally, you know, the texture of the mud and the way that the earth was transformed in this way that forced everyone, you know, to be stuck. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the energy of mud is sticky and messy and mm -hmm. slow. It's mm -hmm. all really symbolizing just the like the mental stickiness that can be a part of this process. And just... I think the idea of ethics is really interesting to consider because ethics are different than laws. Mm -hmm. We have to abide by laws or there are consequences, mm -hmm. but ethics are, are, are more subjective. Mm -hmm. And I think about, you know, if we have any listeners who are therapists or interested in becoming therapists, there's a huge part of our work we have legal responsibilities as therapists, but we also have ethical responsibilities that we have to adhere to. And we're one of the few professions where I know that to be true to such an extent. Mm -hmm. So we have, we have to really think about, we have to go above and beyond, not just what is legally appropriate, but what is ethically appropriate? So what, what does is, that mean? What is in the best interest of our clients? Mm -hmm. It's about doing what's right. It's about doing what's right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And like there's, of, there's certain times where you can maybe <clears throat> do something, you can maybe do something that's not illegal. Right. But it's not right. <clears throat> but it's not right. Absolutely. Well, like one of the ethical responsibilities that we have as therapists is to make sure that when we're working with a client, that the work is serving them in some way, that they're actually moving towards goals, that they're actually receiving benefits from it. So it's unethical for a therapist to be in a relationship with a client if that's not the case. Mm -hmm. if, for so, if, for example, the therapist doesn't really have the expertise that they know that client needs, it's unethical to stay in that relationship. Mm -hmm. It would be in that client's highest good for the therapist to refer them to someone else or to do everything in their power to make sure that that client was getting what they needed. Mm -hmm. So that's just one way that that shows up in the therapy world. But I, I think that we would be operating on such a higher level, you know, humanity would be if we could incorporate ethical ways of thinking and being into other lines of work, mm -hmm. because it's really not, it's really not a way that we're oriented towards thinking mm -hmm. really in the mainstream. No. But it's incredibly important. Yes. Yeah. And when you think of like spirituality... It's like, what's the golden rule? Mm, to treat others how you'd like to be treated. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Which is sort of an ethical or moralistic way of living your life. Absolutely. Like, and I it's will a, only and it's treat a, other people the way that I would want to be treated. 
Absolutely. So ethics and spirituality are really incredibly intertwined. That's why they're both ruled by Sagittarius. Yes. <laughs> so maybe that's part of the consciousness we need to bring in so that we can continue to evolve. Mm -hmm. Is it awareness of, it's not just the bare minimum of what is illegal, it's legal or illegal. Because mm -hmm. we all know that there are plenty of things that are legal that are not okay, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, because of the circumstances or, you know, because of the ethical ramifications. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to our next transit, which is <laughs> Mercury in Sagittarius, sextile Venus in Libra. Mercury in Sagittarius, the planet of communication in the sign of truth and honesty. Venus, the planet of relationships in the sign of relationships, which it rules, Libra. These two have been aligning with each other since November 9th. It's creating honesty, but also grace in the way that you communicate in your relationships. Mm -hmm. But this is building to a fruition this week because once we get to November 20th, like right on Monday, and then all the way really through to Wednesday, even Thursday, Friday, you'll be feeling this. It's it's all throughout the week, and it's, it's really interesting that this is happening right in alignment with Thanksgiving and mm. people getting together with their families and having who knows what kind of discussions where people are spewing their truth. And hopefully we're all remembering what we're talking about here, where it's about my philosophical view is my truth. And my truth is a wonderful thing, but my truth is not the truth in totality. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have to be... <laughs> We have to be respectful and we have to honor other people's philosophical view. And so as it builds towards the end of the week, once, once we get to uh, really, you know, it's starting on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all week long, Mercury is going to be aligning with Chiron, retrograde in Aries. Venus will also be aligning with Chiron retrograde in Aries. So both of these planets, Mercury communication in Sagittarius, truth, Venus relationships in the sign of relationships with Venus, which Venus rules. Both of these planets are aligning with Chiron, the wound and the ancient wisdom that is unlocked through healing that wound in the cardinal fire sign symbolized by the ram and ruled by Mars, the god of war, Aries. So we are speaking our truth, facing our fears, facing our insecurities within our relationships, facing our ability to speak our truth or our inability to speak our truth or our inability to listen to the truth of others that we are in relationship with. What are your greatest insecurities in these areas? And what can you do to face your fears and be authentic, to love yourself and in loving yourself, standing up for yourself, but also having the strength to listen to others? Absolutely. And having the strength to listen to others is also about allowing them their own freedom. Mm. And you're, you have your own freedom to be able to hear their point of view and to the best of your ability, see mm -hmm. things from their perspective, mm -hmm. but also 
knowing that it doesn't have to be your perspective. Yes. That you can engage with that conflict, that Chiron, you can engage with that wounding, Mm -hmm. but you don't have to make it yours. Hmm. That's a good point because it's like creating that boundary. That's a big part of the Aries energy where Chiron Mm -hmm. is transiting through is that I don't need to make someone else's pain my pain. And sometimes Mm -hmm. people will attack you. They will attack you with their truth and they will feel pain about something. Maybe someone else has done to them or maybe it's something that they've seen somewhere else. Maybe it's something they've seen on their phone or on the TV or whatever, and it's Mm -hmm. upset them. And you're the first living, breathing soul that they identify with whatever they saw on the TV that they're upset about. And so they're projecting it onto you Mm -hmm. and trying to make their pain yours because they feel pain. They want to transfer their pain to you. Absolutely. And so part of what can bring healing during these interactions, which you know, could be coming up around the holidays, could be, you know, coming up in other relationships as well, Mm -hmm. is really to, is really by connecting to your spiritual nature and allowing everyone the freedom to be wherever they are in their process. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, you know, if you're in a conflict, what you can do is, I think of it as like zooming out. And it's like, you're looking at, the situation as if it were a puzzle and you can start to understand why each of the pieces and parts exist. Mm -hmm. But instead of being down there in the details, like with a pitchfork yourself, Mm -hmm. part of that ability of that spiritual nature, that Sagittarius kind of that big picture, the big picture, long-term sort of view Mm -hmm. is to be able to zoom out Mm And to understand that everyone is having the experience that they need to have in order to face their wound and in order ultimately to be able to heal from that wound. Mm. So you don't have to take it personally, even though it feels personal when it's at your Thanksgiving table, it sure feels really personal. Mm -hmm. But by connecting to the, the larger knowing of whatever your spiritual views are, can help you really work with that energy. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So this could be a challenge. There could be challenging aspects this week, but you're also supported in being reminded of your ethical code, being reminded of the golden rule. Mm. How would you like to be treated? Mm -hmm. We we've all been that wounded person Mm -hmm. before. We've all been that person who is just, on the floor in the fetal position, unable to see the way out. Mm -hmm. We've all been that person who has just been triggered by some outer influence Mm -hmm. that has brought up something raw in us and taken it out on someone else. We've Mm -hmm. all been there. So part of this, to this energy of... Uh, Venus in Libra too is remembering that that has been you and will probably be you again in the future. So remembering when it was you can help you. You're having compassion not only for yourself when it was you, but you're able to relate to someone else differently 
maybe differently even than you related to yourself. So totally. there's so much opportunity for healing in this. Well, I always think that everyone that that I'm coming into contact with, whether it's a friend, friends come in, friends go out, some friends I see more than often, some friends I don't see anymore, family, clients, everyone that I'm spending time with, even if it's going to the grocery store and just the person that's checking me out there at the register, mm -hmm. they're reflecting me. And I'm always trying to see, is this person right here on the path with me now? Is this person who I was a year ago, 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago? Is this person someone that I'm aspiring to move closer to on the path because they're further ahead of me on the path. Mm, I love that. Like everybody that I come into contact with is somewhere along the path where I am, have been, or headed to. Absolutely. And probably all three in some maybe way. Maybe in some, some way. way. Yeah. But maybe. in that moment of the exchange that you're having, mm -hmm. it yeah, if you can hone in on that, if you can answer that question, it's going to bring you a lot of clarity. Yeah. Okay, so are you ready to move on to questions? Well, before we do, I I wanted to just give a shout out to all the people out there who were born with key astrological points or planets in Virgo or Pisces because this Sagittarius season, this Sagittarius stellium could be challenging for you mm. because... Virgo is mutable earth, Pisces is mutable water, Sagittarius is mutable fire. All three are mutable, mm. so they make strong connections with each other, but Sagittarius fire scorches earth, Virgo, boils water, Pisces, and water, Pisces, earth, Virgo extinguish the fire of Sagittarius. So mm. while this time may feel really great for people that have key astrological points or planets in fire or air signs, so Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius, Libra, Aquarius, and Gemini, you may be vibing during this mm. Sagittarius season, but the Virgo and Pisces folks may feel extra challenged, especially during the, the days of the stellium, November 24th to December 1st. But even beyond that, with the sun in Sagittarius until December 21st and Mars in Sagittarius until January 4th. Mm -hmm. So really during this period, the challenge for you or the, the goal for you is like what Gabriella was saying, like zoom out, see the big picture. If things aren't working out for you in some way, if you're struggling, if you're suffering, try to hold out that hope, that faith that says, I can't see how what is happening to right now to me right now has any sense of good. Mm -hmm. uh, and I really hate it. And I hate life right now, but I just got to keep breathing. I got to find the faith mm -hmm. and I'm going to work my way through this. And then hopefully, you know, by the time we get to January, 
Once the planets have transited out of Sagittarius, you're feeling, and they're in that Capricorn energy, which works well with Pisces and Virgo. Mm -hmm. Now you're like, oh, wow, everything makes sense. (laughs) I feel so optimistic and positive about life. Mm. So that's the ebb and flow. You know, the sun goes up, the sun goes down. And so the sun might feel down. It may feel like a dark time. Maybe, maybe not. It just all depends on your chart. So, right. It depends on the totality of all the pieces and parts Mm -hmm. of of your personality. Exactly. I do have a thought. If you find yourself really struggling this week, I wanted to share something, share an experience that I had last night that might be useful. I wanted to share with um, everyone in this space. So we have a fireplace and it was really cold yesterday. So we had it on and I found myself at one point last night really entrained looking at the flames. Mm. And if you're someone who's struggling with fiery energy, struggling with this Sagittarius goals and aspirations for the, for the week or for the season, you can do this with a fireplace. You could also just do this with a candle, Mm. spend some time just relating to the fire Mm -hmm. and noticing what I was getting last night was the actual the movement the organic nature of the flames was bringing me into that frequency Mm. of freedom bringing me into that frequency of movement change healing transformation and it was really profound Mm. and it, it really happened by accident with the with the fire, but you know, you can do this more intentionally as a way of tuning into some of those aspects of Sagittarius. And you got some great insight into yourself. I did. I feel it, it felt like a meditation, mm-hmm. but instead of trying to focus on something in particular, it brought me to a, a really peaceful place because I found myself just following the flame (laughs) and realizing it wasn't going anywhere, but it was going everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's very Sagittarius. Yes. And I felt, (laughs) it's like what you said this, this coming week, if you're on the right track, you'll feel free. Mm -hmm. And I felt free. I could have watched it for hours, Mm -hmm. but then I started to get too hot. So I had to turn it off, but it, there was some insight there for me. And so maybe there will be for some of our listeners, mm. whether you're struggling this week or not, um, love it. just to keep it in mind. Yes. Love that yeah. idea. Also, another suggestion is take a walk into nature. Absolutely. And, and be by yourself and mm-hmm. find a quiet place, whether it's a park or you're on a hike mm-hmm. or you're someplace where you're the only person it's mm-hmm. just you and and the birds and the trees and the ground beneath your feet the dirt beneath your feet and listening to what comes through mm-hmm. within yourself and that's one of the most profound things for me about being in nature mm-hmm. is that it's it's not silent mm-hmm. in nature no. it can actually be quite noisy yeah so there is <laughs> It's a practice to to really listen to your surroundings like that. Even though you might think, you know, you're going out 
to experience silence, there is so much to hear. Yeah, it's not even about the silence. It's, yeah, it's your, all the sounds that are happening in nature are conducive to unlocking your mind. Mm -hmm. To give you insight into healing yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, it makes me think of the first park ranger, Galen Clark. Mm. He was told he he had six months to live. When he was like 40-something years old, he lived in the Midwest and lived this like hustling, bustling lifestyle. And he's like, okay, well, if I'm going to die, then I'm going to go out west. Mm. And he ended up in Yosemite in California, and he lived for another 50 years because his whole, you're 70% water, Mm -hmm. 60% water. If the energies around you are frenetic in a way that are causing illness or disease within you, he went to nature and was healed. Mm Mm-hmm. And instead of dying in six months, he lived for another 40, 50 years. And this is why we have to be so careful about our environments, because we become entrained to them, mm-hmm. which means that we embody the frequency of not only what you're giving your attention to, but even what you're not giving your attention to, mm-hmm. just what is in your orbit. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that is a really powerful example. Yes. Yes. And it's like the Virgo people, the Virgo energy is wanting to control everything and really hone in on the details. details. And it's hard to pull back and see the big picture. Mm -hmm. Whereas like the Pisces energy is so sensitive, Mm -hmm. so impressionable or intuitive to everything that's going on around them. That all of the truth and battering going back and forth with the Sagittarius energy might be too much for them. Mm -hmm. So both can hopefully find that that refuge refuge yeah either in nature or staring at the candle or at the Mm -hmm. fire and finding that moment of peace finding a way to relate to natural elements whether Mm -hmm. it's fire whether it's you know gazing at a fountain too Mm -hmm. like engaging with the elements Mm -hmm. absolutely yes (laughs) (laughs) all right so let's move on to questions yes Okay, Um, so our first one, and these are all, as a reminder, um, we're talking about stelliums Yes. in all of these questions, which is a beautiful synchronicity Mm -hmm. since we had so much of that to share today. Anyway, so the first question comes from Micah. Micah asks, is it common to see a stellium of five? My Uranus, Saturn, Sun, and Neptune and Mercury are in my Capricorn eighth house. Some are generational signatures. I was born in 1988. Stelliums in general, three planets or more in a sign or a house, are actually fairly common. I mean, half the year, there are stelliums happening for over half the year. The last, this year, there over half the year, there were stelliums. Next year, over half the year, there's stelliums. When you were born, Micah, it would have been more common to have five just because of those generational signatures, as you say. Because from 19, 1988, 1989, 1990, you were born in 1988, those three years, 
Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune were all transiting through Capricorn. So everybody born in 1988, 89, and 1990 has at least that Capricorn stellium because mm. that stellium was happening for three years. Mm-hmm. So to have a five-planet stellium is obviously less common than a three-planet stellium, but it's actually mm-hmm. more common due to when you were born. There were more five-planet stelliums in 88, 89, and 90 because of those three planets in Capricorn. So Yeah, and those generational planets are really bonding you to your generation. There's a certain way of relating that, That's is, a, that is common among generations because of these outer planets. People that were born between 88, 89, and 90, like that generation, that generation is here to rebuild, mm-hmm. to rebuild whatever is being torn down right now or what was torn down before. Throughout your lifetime, you're here to rebuild, rebuild the community, rebuild what it means to be an authority, rebuild the dream, the the fantasy, the very powerful generation, Mm -hmm. 88, 89, and 90. I Mm -hmm. celebrate you all. (laughs) And from a psychological perspective, these stelliums are really amplifying certain personality traits mm. that you have. So what are some examples? Well, in creating consistency. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all have what's so beautiful about astrology is it helps us look at the ways that we are in alignment with ourselves mm-hmm. and the ways that we sometimes contradict ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so, so much, I see so much in the mental health field of where we are pathologizing differences like um conflict inner conflicts Mm -hmm. pathologizing them like there's something that needs to be solved Mm -hmm. and inner conflicts can certainly lead to difficulties that need to be worked through Mm -hmm. but the inner conflicts themselves are represented in the natal chart so you you have either these gifts or challenges in your chart that are stable they're not they're not changing so the stelliums can be bringing you more harmony in relationship to yourself so for example if you had the sun mercury and venus for example in a stellium it would be aligning your sun your identity with mercury your mind and venus your senses your likes and dislikes Mm -hmm. so you would have you would experience harmony in that way within your psyche Mm -hmm. alternately you could also have a square between your sun and your venus for example so your identity would somehow be in odds with your senses Hmm. you would have you know a different relationship sure that you would have with yourself so the stellium can support you in having those stronger personality traits that can be here to support you in reaching your north node, in reaching your soul's purpose. Hmm. Ready for our next question? Sure. Soph asks, I have a stellium in Cancer, Aquarius, and Sagittarius. The Cancer stellium includes the north node in the 12th house. What does this mean? If Soph has a stellium in Cancer, Aquarius, and Sagittarius, this is similar to Billie Eilish because... 
the Aquarius and Sagittarius. So freedom lover is Sagittarius. Aquarius is the innovator. So an innovative freedom lover. And then the Cancer energy is the mother. And if the North mm -hmm. Node is in Cancer in the 12th house, then Soph needs to learn how to nurture herself with kindness and compassion and to really be kind and caring in the way that she speaks to herself. Mm -hmm. I would say this, absolutely, that Cancer energy is the archetype of the mother or the great mother. If you're not a mother yourself, you can also, there are other ways to engage with that nurturing energy mm -hmm. um, by nurturing, caring for yourself, like you said, caring for others, caring for a pet, uh, being in a, a caring profession or a helping profession. Um, this Aquarius energy is really the kind of the archetype of the rebel, mm -hmm. the reformer, uh, the one that brings innovation. Um, and we talked about earlier how this Aquarius energy also has a duality to it because it's bringing that restrictive energy of Saturn too, which is more traditional, um, traditional values. Mm -hmm. So there's some duality there. And then the Sagittarius energy like Billie Eilish is some archetypes for Sagittarius would be, um, like the philosopher, mm -hmm. the teacher, mm -hmm. Um, the bohemian, the mm -hmm. nomad, the gypsy, mm -hmm. words like that, the mm -hmm. explorer. Yes. Cancer energy is about accessing feeling states and embracing the different fluctuations of your moods. So understanding it's, it's the influence of the moon. Mm -hmm. So the tide rolls in, the tide rolls out. So finding that ebb and flow. So ultimately part of your work is to embrace your moods, which is probably not something that many women hear mm. <laughs> or many people hear. Mm -hmm. Hey, could you be a little moodier? <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately that that's what the cancer North node is about. Um, also about learning how to reflect on the past. Mm, so important. Yes. Yes. So if you're someone so who maybe you're in therapy or you're interested in being in therapy. There's a style of therapy called psychodynamic work um, that, that specifically looks at childhood experiences and family dynamics and understanding how they influence the present day and influence your, your relationships and your circumstances. Um, and these therapists often use what's called attachment theory, which is looking at the style of attachment that you had with your parental figures and how those attachments, you might be playing them out in your current relationships. Mm. So not everyone is supported to the degree that you are of looking to the past, although it can certainly be valuable for everyone, especially in the therapeutic setting. Mm. You want to spend some time looking at the past, but you don't necessarily need to stay there long term. Unless I think if you have this North Node in Cancer, then that could really be, it could take you time to be able to do that. It could be a long term goal for you to get more comfortable reflecting on the past. Mm -hmm. So those are just a couple different tools that you might be able to use. And of course, you don't have to do this in therapy, but if you're if it's something you're interested in, those are some 
theoretical orientations or tools um, that you could look for when you're looking for support. Our next question, Natalie asks, I have a stellium in Leo, Mars, Mercury, and Venus. I feel a recent awakening to the Leo energy in my chart since my 36th birthday and am enjoying performing and creating in front of an audience, but was previously too shy. Is this a transition that typically happens later in life? I'm a Virgo sun and cancer rising. Is it, is it something that happens typically later in life? No, I don't think so. Um, I would have to see the rest of Natalie's chart to really know what's going on there. What planets are transiting where, through what house, what, what's transiting in her progress chart mm -hmm. as well would, would give some insight into maybe why this awakening is happening now. I know at age 36 is when you experience your third Saturn squaring Saturn. So there is uh, 36, 37 is supposed to be a period of leveling up, 35, 36, 37, a period of leveling up uh, in some way. Uh, I mean, you're born with three planets, a stellium in Leo, which would indicate that you're naturally attuned to enjoying performing and creating in front of an audience. But the thing that has maybe drawn you away from that in the past has been your Cancer rising and your Virgo sun. You know, the Virgo sun is probably in the second house, which is Taurus. You know, it's more introverted energy. And then the Cancer rising is very sensitive and mm -hmm. and so it's not easy to to be on stage when you're a cancer rising though like in my research it's one of the most popular signs for celebrities because i think people just gen generally love cancer rising people because they they just give off this kindness and nurturing quality that makes people around them feel safe Mm, it's a soft outer shell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would also be curious, Natalie, what your North Node is, because the North Node qualities are typically, you know, depending on your chart, but are typically become more comfortable if you're doing the work later in life. Well, she's 36, her North Node's probably in Aries. The house is probably uh, 10th house. 10th or 11th house is probably where her north node is in Aries. Being on that public stage and being courageous is a part of her soul's purpose. So in my research on the individuation process in my thesis, I came across, and there's some varying views on this, but Carl Jung believed that the individuation process began actually at 37 or late 30s, mm. you know, and there's research now people who argue that it's actually happening a lot sooner. Um, but that was his belief is that this particular time in life is when you're able to be more of yourself, that you might have these qualities that have been repressed up until that point, And then you're able to really explore who you are. But think about these Saturn transits and the different steps that we take through life, like mm -hmm. age seven, Saturn squaring Saturn. That's what we talked about a couple episodes ago, where it's, 
you realize that you're separate from your parents. Mm -hmm. You're your own person. You're a kid and you have your own ideas about things. Then the next one comes at age 14. Now you're entering teenage years. Mm -hmm. You're taking a new step. The next one comes at age 21 where now you're being allowed to live in different areas of society that you weren't able to be a part of when you were pre-21. Mm-hmm. Then the next one is the famous Saturn return, which happens at 28, 29. And then the next one is around age 36, mm-hmm. where you've gotten past that Saturn return period, which can be an ass kicker. And then you are like, okay, I'm an adult now. Like I need to really take things seriously. Like the twenties are starting to really get distance in my uh, rear view. Mm-hmm. And so you're elevating yourself in new ways. So yeah, you're completing another Saturn cycle and essentially are learning more about who you are mm-hmm. becoming more of your authentic self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. One more question. Nicole asks, I'm a Scorpio sun, Aquarius moon, Capricorn rising, Scorpio Venus, and Sagittarius north node. I'm feeling the transformational energy and desire for change and feeling burnt out with family, but no clear direction on where to go. Should I stay put? I turned 30 this year. Any guidance? Well, you're a Sagittarius North Node, Nicole, and we've been talking about Sagittarius Stellium. So hopefully this Sagittarius Stellium, the Sagittarius season is going to motivate you to pack your bags and take off, go on an adventure, explore, travel, uh, do whatever it is you want to do that's going to help you feel free. Hmm. That's it. Live your life. Live a life of adventure, freedom, exploration, speak your truth, stop censoring yourself. Hmm. Yeah. I just want to add to Nicole, I don't know what your circumstances are with your family. If maybe you, you're, you have children and that's part of what's feeling like you need a break, you probably won't be leaving your children, but I wonder if maybe you could reimagine what freedom might look like in your circumstances. Maybe it's learning how to travel with your family or part of that North node in Sagittarius is it's there to support your family system in relating to their own sense of freedom by getting a chance to witness you in following what allows you to feel free. So while that, while there might be this push pull of maybe, you know, staying home versus being out exploring in the world, depend there, there could be ways in which you pursuing your own freedom will benefit your family, even though it might feel restrictive and might feel like there's two choices that neither of them feel good to you. There might be a way to reframe this. Of course, you know, we'd have to look at everyone's charts to be able to understand all the dynamics at play, um, which is something that Scott can do. He does family readings, couple readings. Um, but I'm just feeling intuitively here, like maybe there's a re- a way to reframe what 
you what your pursuit of freedom could mean for your family. You could be reimagining what freedom is on a larger scale for you and setting an example for those members of your family who might also be feeling restricted and burnt out. So part of the Sagittarius North Node is about learning not to censor yourself. So even though you're struggling and some of what you might want to communicate with your family or areas you'd like to transform might feel difficult, leaning into that North Node is going to help you, like we've been talking about in this episode of channeling channeling what you want to say in a way that is going to come across for everyone's highest good. I'm curious to know what house the North Node is in. I'm guessing it's in the 12th house because you're a Capricorn rising. So I feel like the exploration and adventure and the truth and and removing the censorship is is coming through yourself within your own unconscious. It's about being honest with yourself about where you're feeling guilt, shame, regret, or blame. Feeling burnt out with family. What does that mean? Are you blaming yourself for something? Are you, do you feel guilty for something? Are you shameful of something? Are you uh, able to be empathetic with your family? Or are you being hard on yourself in some way? Like these are the, if the North Node's in the 12th house and it's about being honest with yourself and living a life of adventure within your own mind and Mm -hmm. allowing your mind to explore and go wherever it needs to go in order to feel free. Mm -hmm. And doing some dream work, keeping Mm -hmm. a dream journal to help you access what is going on in your unconscious Mm. absolutely all right should we wrap it up sounds great all right thank you so much everyone for listening and for joining us again this week again my name is scott tajarian i'm with gabriella durso and if you are curious about how any of these transits are affecting you directly, or if you would like greater insight into your own astrological code, contact me for a reading at theweeklytransit.com. Wishing you all the best as you ride the planetary waves.